welcome back to the Film Fund Podcast. I'm your host, founder, and executive producer at the Film Fund, Thomas Verity. I'm also an award-winning filmmaker, producer, and film festival judge. I started the Film Fund to give filmmakers an easier, alternative way to get their films funded. Instead of working on a screenplay, crowdfunding campaign, or grant application, you write one sentence pitching your film for a chance to receive up to $10,000 and other prizes to make it. Our summer 2022 narrative and documentary funding contests are open, so check us out at thefilmfund.co to enter your one-sentence pitch for a chance to receive up to $10,000 to make your film. And I want to remind listeners that contests do happen regularly, so if you are listening at a later date, check the website at thefilmfund.co for the most up-to-date information. Today we have Marissa Slavin on the show, a previous winner of the Film Fund's narrative contest. Uh, she received... Let's see. I got to pull up my notes because we have lots of winners here at the Film Fund, and I don't remember the prize amount. I could guess, but I want to get it right. It was or actually, Marissa, uh, you could just tell me how much was it? <laughs> it was 5000 <laughs> 5000 cool. Uh, I literally just wrote the check like a couple of weeks ago. I can't remember. Cool. 5000 right. make her short film. Uh, super cool project, Marissa. Thanks so much for coming on the show today. Um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background? Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much for having me on the show. And thank you so much for the prize. That was completely awesome. Um, yeah, so I am a uh, palliative care doctor uh, in Canada. And I've been doing that for about 30 years. And I enjoy that tremendously. And I get a lot out of that. Um, but uh, I've also been writing for about the last eight years. When I started writing, I started writing novels, and I have written um, and had published two young adult eco-fiction novels. They're called Code Blue and Code Red. A small publisher out in Australia picked them up, and um, I'm really happy and pleased with those. Um, but then, you know, what happened for me, I think like what happened for many other people was when COVID hit, it was like, oh, you know, very stressful and trying to figure things out. And, and um, I, I sort of decided I needed a, a new challenge or a different challenge in writing. And the idea of screenwriting really appealed to me for a few reasons. And one is because I really see it as being a much more collaborative process than writing a novel. Um, mm -hmm. The whole idea of creating something with other people and with COVID, you're away from people. And so I wanted to take the opportunity to work with people. Um, and, and I think the second reason was, you know, I, I realized like, really my passion is to tell stories and I love reading books, but more and more people today are getting their stories through other media, not books. And so if I want to tell mm. stories that reach a lot of people doing it, using media would be a good way to go. Okay. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, um, I think that's such a, such an interesting path too. Um, not only just being palliative care um you know being in that background but coming from a prose writing background as well and transitioning into screenwriting i mean that must give you such a different perspective um on just the storytelling process and how to write a screenplay you know what information to include on the page and what not to uh, we have a couple of blog posts on while well, they're actually on the film fund learn page now i wrote them a few years ago mm. uh we repurposed all the old blog posts into something called the film fund learn kind of our educational resource and there there's one post is the advantages of prose writing over screenwriting and then we did another post for the advantages of um, screenwriting over prose writing so they both have their pros and cons and they're just so different but i think having 
a, a skill set that includes both of them and being experienced in both is really um, a great thing is it makes you well-rounded as a storyteller and maybe you can incorporate some techniques um, you know from one medium into the other or something like that but I just think that's it's it's really good um, to be able to tell stories in multiple formats definitely hone that storytelling muscle yeah yeah I think I definitely found it very helpful because I think for myself when I have like a story in my head it's like a completely formed story I know everything about everybody in the story and and what everything looks like but even when you're writing a novel you can't put in every single detail you I mean I guess you could if you wrote a really really long novel and no one would read so you you (laughs) sort of have to pick and choose what you're going to put in there and then with screenwriting it was sort of the process of distilling that down even further than you would in a novel because mm. you there's there's things you could put in a novel that you can't put in screenwriting so that the the editing process as you're writing was definitely very helpful to go that direction yeah yeah and you know screen it's good and it's bad you know screenplay format i forget i don't know if it was sid field or william goldman one of those books I read, I think one of them said, don't put anything on the page that can't be seen or like heard on the mm. screen um, in, in screenwriting, which, you know, you can, you can get away with a little more than that, I think. But um, yeah, it is definitely a completely different format, you know, which is interesting in terms of like how to convey the story and how to convey motivations of characters and things like that and conflict and all of uh, all that good stuff that goes into a good story. What um what would you say some of the highlights about your work are? Um, so the sorry the highlights about this particular film. Just in general, this this film, or just you know yeah. themes you generally focus on in your your uh, writing. Right. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I I really see myself as still someone who's who's learning um, and expanding my my boundaries and and well I mean you know my highlights so far uh, my first uh, feature screenplay that I wrote uh, is called Backwards in Heels and it's a uh, LGBTQ ballroom dance story and it was optioned by a, a smaller production company in LA so that was a big highlight oh, cool. to have my first thing I ever wrote optioned That's um, awesome. and yeah yeah so so that was great and then winning this this award um, and then you know to me I think that the other highlights really so far have just been meeting uh, amazing people and learning and understanding what they do as part of the team. Um, learning about myself as a writer, like I, I like to write everything except like I would never write horror. I don't like to watch horror. <laughs> I wouldn't write horror, <laughs> but I, okay. I, <laughs> I, I've, uh, I, I've working on my fourth feature length uh, script now, and I'm sort of doing each of them in somewhat different genres to learn about those genres um, and see, you know, what I enjoy in each one and and what I can take from each one. The other, you know, big thing that I'm certainly learning as a writer in this medium is you need to think about things like budget and feasibility and, um, you know, I, my second screenplay I wrote is, is a historical drama piece, and it's great, 
but like there's war scenes and you know lots of period mm -hmm. costumes and then it's like yeah nobody's gonna make that movie until i'm famous and then there's a lot of money behind it yeah. <laughs> so scaling yeah, scaling down based yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say, one of my uh my earlier short films son of blackbeard is a period piece um Mm. part of it's a period piece you know you have blackbeard the you know, menacing pirate and all of his pirate cronies and i was writing it and then i realized like wait a minute i have a scene in on a boat i have a scene in a pirate cove they all have to be in word you know accurate wardrobe and luckily we made it happen with a lot of favors and um borrowed mm. you know props and costumes and things like that but yeah that's it's an indie film you know if you actually if you're writing to get things made and you're maybe just starting out um that's something to consider too yeah i know in, ter in terms of quite um, a number of people oh, sorry, go ahead. So as I say, quite a number of people who've read my novels have said like, oh, this would be a great movie or this would be a great series. And I'm like, yeah, it would. But there's forest fires and floods and tidal <laughs> waves and they're on boats. Yeah. And like, so, yeah, and I'll have to wait a little. Mm. And um, you said your novels were, what was the genre you called it? Eco something? Eco yeah, eco fiction, eco fiction or eco thrillers. Yeah. Is so, that um, uh, kind of like the environment, like something? Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> I'm not too familiar with that genre. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's 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 a uh, it's an up and coming genre in the last five or ten years. It also sometimes is called cli-fi for climate fiction. Um, okay. And there's some some really amazing authors um, who write in that genre. Kim Stanley Robinson is probably like top of the game, Richard Powers. Um, and, you know, some of it is imagining the world worse than it is with climate change. Mm -hmm. Personally, I like to imagine the world better than it is um, because I, I feel like that's a bit more motivating for people. Mm. And um, yeah. your film fun pitch, uh, it's not in the eco-thriller genre. Do you generally, you say you write any genre besides horror? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So um, right now, the uh, screenplay that I'm working on with my writing mentor is a, a dramedy, a sort of family comedy, um, a little bit inspired by the movie Shiva Baby um, and uh, sort of with a, a feel like that, but obviously different uh, story and characters. Um, so yeah, I haven't tried. I haven't tried a lot of comedy. There's a little bit of comedy in this short film that I've made mm. with the Film Fund money. Um, and my my uh, people who know me were were a little bit skeptical about that because I'm not particularly known as a funny person. But I said that's yeah, I'm a palliative care doctor, so go figure, right? Mm -hmm. Not a. Um, but it, it worked out okay in the, in this film, I think, because it's it's an open mic night. So the guy is not a stand-up comedian. He's a regular person mm. trying to tell jokes. And mm, some of them come off and some of them don't, which is right, about right, how right. it would be if I tried to tell jokes. You know? Yeah. Can you tell us a little <laughs> bit more about your uh, winning pitch on the project? Yeah, sure. So um, do you want me to like say what the logline was or... Um, yeah, if you're comfortable with that, um, you could read the, the winning pitch itself if you have it ready or I could pull it up. Yeah, no, I do have it ready. Um, cool. And I, uh, 
Yeah, it was it was pretty amazing. So the the uh, the log line that I wrote is this: An open mic night takes a turn when a struggling comedian with a gun brings new meaning to the term captive audience. Awesome. And then um, let me see. I think there was. I'm just looking for the um, the funding use part of that as well. Oh, yeah. So I, I, I had put money for production, actors, location, and pre and post will be donated in kind. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's so awesome. That's, we always uh, like to uh, yeah. analyze the, the pitches a little bit. We have a really good um, post on our resources page that goes into Don Finelli's winning pitch. Um, he did Sunday dinner. And we I just do a deep dive into that sentence and see, like, why it's – so good why it won why it's full of conflict um that's really the biggest thing we look for here at the film fund our judges are kind of trained to evaluate sentences based on conflict and stakes which as a novelist i'm sure you're very familiar with um those you know two concepts you know what are the stakes of the conflict and what what are the opposing kind of forces in the story you know butting heads against each other and creating that drama and that um you know, the, the sequence of events here we have, um, I think just a really, really interesting premise. Just you have the, the wannabe stand-up comedian, you know, going up and then he pulls a gun and obviously there's a lot of external conflict there, you know, him versus the audience. Um, and you have, you know, the, the double entendre with the captive audience wordplay, I think that's very clever. Um, and then you also have the internal conflict of him, you know, kind of fighting against himself uh, you know, struggling to, sure. to get these jokes off. So um, it's just a great sentence yeah. all over, and our, our judges really enjoyed the, the chance to evaluate it. Um, what um, stage of the project are you at? Um, so we're currently in post-production. Um, we are at the stage of uh, doing the fine edits. So we're not quite at, I guess, I don't know if they call it the director's cut yet, or, um, but okay. we're getting close um, to having the final sort of visual cut and then all the sound edit, the coloring and the sound editing and all that will have to be done still. So. Cool. And what was the inspiration for this project? Yeah, so I think the inspiration was um, I must have watched some like bank heist film. Um, I sort of remember the film, but I watched that film and it was okay. I, I, I like those. And then I went to bed and I was thinking about it. And that phrase, captive audience, popped into my head. I was thinking about that phrase and I thought like, oh, what if bank robbers went into the bank and held people at gunpoint, but they didn't want money. They wanted to perform a play or something like that. And I'm like, well, why would they want to do that? That's stupid. Mm. <laughs> Anyways, it sort of evolved from there of, you know, why, why would somebody pull a gun on an audience? And, and um, uh, I, I'd say, you know, a lot of uh, the, the rest of it maybe came from my own uh, personal knowledge and background. Um, and I don't want to like give spoilers, um, too much. I don't know, but, uh, you know, you sort of fill in the blanks with things that you know really well. So I, I had had the whole script written before I entered it into the contest. Okay. Um, awesome. Yeah. We, um, you know, it really varies depending on, you know, some of our winners, 
have scripts ready and then they have to just take that script and distill it into one sentence and then other winners um, or just entrants in general they'll tell me like oh yeah I just you know I wrote the sentence before I wrote the script um, so it's kind of twofold in terms of what approach people take and I just think it's so interesting because they're both valid approaches you know there's the what I call the MVP approach minimum viable product you know if you're talking about product development or entrepreneurship you test an idea before you you make the simplest version of your product or service you can right before actually spending all this time and you know energy and money into developing something let's say it's a script um maybe you just write the one the one sentence pitch the log line and the how you would fund some of it just to test it and you know if it becomes a winner and gets funding or it's a finalist like oh okay great now this is worth spending more time on allocating more resources on or you have like Tim Viola, our first winner, he had his script already done. Um, he actually, the first prize we gave away was post-production services. So he actually mm. had the film shot. Um, and he said it was such a good exercise wow. to take that film and really distill it into just um, the log line. You know, it really helped him mm. figure out what the story was about uh, at the end of the day and like how to market the film and how to pitch the film. Because before he was, you know, going into this huge spiel about what the film's about and i was like okay well you have one sentence now to explain your film um and it's just such a a great exercise i think and a lot of our filmmakers have have given us that feedback so i always think it's interesting um to see whether you know people winners or finalists or just entrants in general have a script already done and they're distilling it down into a pitch or if they're kind of testing the waters with an idea um so that's super cool that you you yeah distill that i mean i can definitely see the advantages uh yeah, I can definitely see the advantages like both ways. I think for mm. me, again, because I was so new at this, I was glad that the script was already done and I was glad I already had like a key member of my team because time-wise, like being new to things, it, it definitely took me a little bit to sort of get up and going. And so if I had mm. had to add on to that timeline, oh, I have to write the whole script, um, right. that would have that would have been another. And then, you know, we had we had the the issue. Our biggest time issue was was uh, location scouting during COVID, which I'm mm-hmm. sure a lot of people have had. But we're like, oh, we're ready to scout. Oh, no, we're closing things down now. So, <laughs> yeah, <it's tough. sighs> yeah. Was, uh, I'm glad things are. At least in the states, things are pretty much uh, fully open now, um, which is great to see. And I, I'm, I don't keep up with the numbers or the counts anymore. It's not really on the news, but um, yeah, it was so difficult during COVID. You know, just for filmmaking in general. I had a short that had to get postponed. We have a bunch of projects through the film fund that are still, you know, I, I need to check on the status of them. But you know, we were still awarding funding because everything was we, you know, we wanted to keep running the contest and make funding available, but. We just said, like, you know, basically film them when you can, when you feel comfortable, because it was such a, a challenging time. Um, <laughs> so that's awesome you were able to make that happen and still still get a location through that. Yeah. Where um, yeah. I asked about the inspiration, I asked about the status of the project. I'm just looking through my mm-hmm. questions here. Um, so you said you're, you're on leave currently from your palliative care uh, physician job. Is that something you're going to return yeah. to or do you want to transition to writing full-time what are you you're still figuring that out what are your plans yeah i think i'm still fi- I, I think i've got about another six months to figure that out so <laughs> okay. i haven't quite decided yet um you know if if i could get paid to sit and write 40 hours a week uh, i would do that 
Mm-hmm. Um, no doubt. I would, you know, I, I, I love palliative care. I think it's really important, but I'm just so enjoying expressing the creative side. Um, mm-hmm. But so far, I can't get paid. So we'll, <laughs> we'll see what happens. Um, yeah, it's interesting. My daughter is in um, film school, and oh, cool. uh, she's finished third year out of four years. But she told me, you know, so I'm learning vicariously through her. <laughs> she so said, funny. Mom, they told us on the first day of film school, never invest your own money in your films. I'm like, wow. Okay, okay, lesson, lesson. <laughs> so I don't know how you feel about that, but that was yeah, what they told I mean... her. <laughs> I may, I, if you want to call that a mistake, I mean, I've definitely done that. I've put money into my own shorts for sure. Um, but it all depends, you know. I mean, Kevin, Kevin Smith did that too with clerics. I, I watched an interview with him one time. He maxed out six credit cards to pay for clerics. So, wow. Um, yeah, I mean, it wow. really depends on. So on it the obviously paid and, off. And how much risk you're willing. Yeah, for him, it definitely paid <laughs> off. Um, you know, it's, I think that's more of a personal thing. But they, I mean, I've heard that with. Um, you know, just business ventures too. They call it OPM, other people's money. Like always use that <laughs> instead mm. of investing your own. But I think it comes <laughs> down to like, you know, personal risk tolerance and what you're you're willing to do and what you're willing to to invest. Um, what film school is she at? Just curious. Right. What film school is she at? Um, so she's at, it used to be called Ryerson University in downtown Toronto, and they recently changed the name to Toronto Metropolitan University. Okay. Um, and she she's in, a, the program is called Media Production, okay. so she's more learning the business end of things, which, oh, gotcha. which Super the, important. Uh, something, yeah, something I've really learned, right, is, you know, you have to have a good script and good actors and a good director to make a good film. But you need to have a producer to make any yep. film. So <laughs> I think yeah, the producers are probably the most important. Yeah. Yep. And something I have no interest in doing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely not for everyone. You yeah, know, I was... Paperwork, making phone calls, arranging everything, managing the budget. It's, it's a lot. Uh, and to pile that on top of all the creative aspects as well. Um, I kind of do everything and get very stressed <laughs> while doing so. So I usually yeah. bring on, for, for my own passion projects, I usually bring on a co-producer. Um, so basically, mm-hmm. like, if I get too overwhelmed or swamped, I'll just be like, hey, yeah, I need you to <laughs> kind of do this one or pick up this slack here. And that helps a lot. Um, definitely. Yeah. What, um, what were some of the major, aside from, I know you mentioned the, oh, no, one thing I wanted to ask you before we get into that, is you said you have a writing mentor that you found online. How did you find this person? Yeah. Um, through one of the companies, the coverage service companies. So okay. I don't know if I should like say the name yeah, of the company. Or... Yeah, uh, Script Reader Pro. Oh, okay, I've heard of that one. Oh, okay, I've heard of that one. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I tried out a few different companies and a few different people and um, found one that was just like, yeah, the right match for me. It's, you know, um, I had worked with an editor on my book, so I'm used to working with uh, sort of people in that capacity and being open to learning Mm -hmm. from them. But you still have to find someone whose like communication style matches yours if you want to get the most out of it. Right. Okay. Now, is that an ongoing service that you pay for to have this mentor, or is this kind of a, a relationship that you've built outside of that? 
Yeah, no, it's a it's an ongoing service an ongoing that service. I pay for as part of their mentor mentorship program. Oh, yeah. gotcha. Cool. Would you recommend it? Uh, I would. I would. Um, you know, when we were just talking about like investing in in your own projects and. Uh, for me, this is a way of investing in my projects in terms of putting out my best possible script, mm-hmm. um, since really writing is my passion. Um, and since at this point, I'm not uh, going back to school for film or writing, but right. maybe one day we'll see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, I would definitely recommend it. Yeah. And it seems like it's paying off. I can't remember. So this is take two of a recording today for those of you who are listening. Um, we we had a bit of a technical difficulty during take one. And I can't remember if it was this recording or the previous one. But uh, Marissa said that she had a script optioned by um, a production company, which is just so exciting. Um, could you tell us a little bit about that? And is that something related to this mentor that you have? Like, how did that kind of evolve? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, she, she mentored me on that script as well. Um, but other, other than that, I, uh, it wasn't related to her so mm. much. Um, so the, 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 uh, the premise of the film is, is around uh, ballroom dance. Um, and uh, it's, I guess, a drama, but a, a light drama with a lot of music and dancing. Um, and it raises uh, some issues around grief and how we recover from grief and also around LGBTQ issues and, and in ballroom dance, there's a lot of romance. And so what does romance mean in, in that context? Mm. Um, and I I actually found the producer for it on Stage 32. Okay. So you know, I've heard a lot of good things about a, Stage 32. And I, I subscribe to their... Uh, email newsletter, um, but I haven't really used it too much um, personally. I feel like I should because it seems like an awesome um, platform. Yeah, I think it's a great way to connect with people. Um, You know, I I haven't used all their features for sure, but that's also how I met um, somebody on the the team of my my, uh, film fund film, the uh, editor Gianluca Olmastroni. I met him on stage 32 and he's in Toronto and he was sort of my first connection okay. and we just like connected on stage 32 and then connected off of it and kept talking, kept talking. We're like, Oh, we got to make a movie together. We got to make a movie together. And I'd send him ideas oh, and he'd send awesome. me back ideas. And like a year later we made a movie together. Oh, so, cool. so. <laughs> We, uh, yeah. we are not yeah. as big as Stage 32, but Film Fund has a community as well. Everyone who enters gets to join the FF Studios Filmmaker Network. It's a Discord channel where you can chat and network with other filmmakers mm-hmm. and find people for your projects. So I just want to plug that as well. Stage 32 is awesome, but check us out too. <laughs> um, but that is super cool. <laughs> Definitely. Um, now, are you yeah. submitting this film that you made through the Film Fund to film festivals? Uh, yeah, that's the goal. Something that I, I wanted to maybe get your advice and input on is, is um, I mean, you've seen the mm-hmm. fine cut and, and you'll see the end result. And I'm hoping that you'll have maybe some ideas for us of uh, best places to submit. I know our producer has some ideas mm-hmm. as well, but I'm really open to whatever. Yeah, uh, there's one that's coming to mind. It. I haven't actually been there uh, and I don't know too much about it, but it's called Toronto After Dark. It's um, so it's in Canada obviously um and it's like 
Yeah. Basically, they have a category that's dark humor, which I think might be a great fit for yours. Mm. Obviously, your project is dark humor. Um, <laughs> bring yeah. the whole gone on stage <laughs> type of deal. Um, yeah. So that might be a good one. Um, I've had success with comedy film festivals. I, I do comedy uh, films as well. My first one, well, the first one I really you know submitted and got into film festivals with, uh, Son of Blackbeard, it was also mm. kind of a dark comedy. Um, and so mm. I had success, and we didn't play, you know, like Sundance or Slamdance or any of the big ones, but um, I had success in a lot of local film festivals. Um, there was one called New Hope Film Festival in Pennsylvania, um, in Bucks County in New Hope, PA, which is just this awesome, cute little town. It's really, really cool. But it's a huge art scene, too. Like, they, um, uh, what's the word? Impressionist paintings, I think, is the, the term for it. They kind of were the, that was, like, the birthplace of, um, like, American Impressionist uh-huh. paintings. Um, it's very close to New York as well. Um, right. So that was, we, we won Best Comedy there. Um, there's also Bucks Fever Film Fest in Pennsylvania, which is usually screens in Doylestown, PA. Um, I'm actually on the, the okay. judging panel for that one. Um, but the reason I bring up these Pennsylvania films is because I'm based here. Oh, there's also Philadelphia Film Festival. But um, I've had it's, – it's really good to do local film festivals too because you can actually go to them. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, if you get into a really big film right. festival out in L.A., like, you know, and you have the budget to go there, if they're not flying you out um, or New York or wherever, um, it can be awesome to go there. Like, if we got into Sundance, we would go, for sure. But right. <laughs> it's really hard to get into Sundance. Um, so, yeah, right. I, would, I would search out um, yeah, film would, festivals that are local that you think, you know, look at their films, look at what they've programmed. Um, maybe they have them on their website or on their social mm-hmm. media and kind of compare them to your films. Like, oh, like, would this is my film similar? Maybe this would be a good fit. Um, and, you know, kind of research the festivals and see different categories, like, Maybe there's a dark comedy film festival or a dark comedy genre Mm. or category they have. Um, And that's always a good fit, too. Um, And I feel like yours would be a really good fit for comedy film festivals, too, because it's about stand-up comedy. So that's kind of meta as well. Um, Mm -hmm. And I can follow up. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, I can follow up with maybe some some specific ones, too, after doing some research. But, yeah, I would definitely talk with your producer. Um, I'm sure he has some great ideas as well. Yeah, I think the the other idea that I, I had, and this was really only after, well, it was during filming, because when I, I saw how the actors brought all the characters to life, not just the main character, but, but all the other characters mm-hmm. in it, I thought like, oh, this could actually be bigger, like this could be a, a, a series or something, a limited series, okay. where it's like, um, so, so there's like six people in the audience, and then there's the bar keeper and and there's the main character mm-hmm. and like so there's eight different people so like what were each of them doing before they came here and like i mean of course as i said i know all this i know everything oh, wow. about each of these characters but like what were they doing before they came and then they came and like this thing happened and then how did it impact them all after mm-hmm. did it you know change their life after what you know couples broke up or got closer or, and so um I could see it maybe this could be like a proof of concept yeah. type film for uh, trying to develop a, that a series. Awesome to me. Um, I always love the proof of concept idea, you know, make a short as kind of, it's like that MVP idea. It's, it's a smaller version of a bigger project, uh, with less resources, less time invested, less money invested. Um, you know, if this one takes off and it's like, okay, maybe it has legs. Let's explore the other characters' backgrounds. And it sounds like you already have a lot of the legwork done or the groundwork done there. Uh, for them so that's super awesome 
that's always yeah. something I I think I need to as a writer maybe spend some more time with like if I were writing that scene I don't think I would necessarily know the background of every audience member and like where they were coming from and where they were mm. going and who they were in a relationship with they're just like oh yeah he's a you know I would have kind of a character mold for them like oh maybe there's a yuppie character and maybe there's you know uh you know just different different types of characters in the audience um but i don't think i would go into that specific detail so um, i think that's super helpful to really yeah even with minor characters to know everything about them because like you said you never know you may explore those characters in the future or they may you know that may impact the dialogue they have even if they have one line um their background could could influence what they say and how they say it and what they're thinking um so that's that's an awesome thing as well i feel like i said the word awesome like 10 times the past two minutes yeah it is awesome so um <laughs> i guess that's from the novelist yeah no that's the the... <laughs> on everybody right absolutely well and then there's the piece like i was saying like not knowing how much to include because you know i wanted the focus for sure to be the main character and it's a short film but my uh director especially and the producer to degree were like no you have to give these minor characters mm -hmm. a line or two because the actors who are in it are going right. to want to use this for their reel <laughs> so they have to have a line so i'm like oh okay i i could do that you know but right. i didn't know i could do that yeah, it's tricky. so uh, that's kind of like the business business end of it too and like maintaining those relationships like maybe you'll want to cast one of those actors in the future um and you're like oh like i didn't have any lines last time do i really want to do that again but now yeah like, like i had a line um you know it's, it's a lot of nuances when it comes to producing um and then you have to balance that with the artistic side of things um like do you really want to give them a line like do they need a line for the story um you know i'm right you know, it really depends on what you're trying to go for. Like, if I had an idea where I wanted the audience to be totally silent, I'm not just going to give them a line just to appease the actor. Like, it's my film. Like, I'm going to do what I want. Um, but then, like, right. the producer side of me is like, well, like your producer said, you know, maybe <laughs> you should give them a line so they can use it for their real kind of thing. But that really depends on, on your style, I think, at the end of the day. It's tricky. Yeah, well, I think... Both my both my director and my producer come from oh, acting backgrounds, sense. so they're big yeah, advocates yeah, yeah. for the actors, right? Cool. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, and uh, you know, to me, one of the the best things so far to come from this short film, and I hope a lot of other great things come from it. But even if nothing did, um, the the actors on set. And we were only filming two days, but some of them got really close to one another and they've oh, like awesome. developed friendships where like, yeah, we all follow each other on Instagram, but like oh, wow. some of them go out together. They go out to, to eat together and whatever. And I'm like, that is so cool that we were a part of this. Is everyone based you know, um, yeah. locally? Okay. Very cool. They are. Yeah. That. Um, that's another reason to, to search out yeah. local film festivals too, because you have a, I assume the crew was local as well. Yeah, you have a completely local yeah. cast and crew, the entire production. Um, you know, that's a big thing for a lot of festivals. They want, you know, to support their local filmmakers and their local community. Um, and then once you get into those festivals, you know, they can maybe talk to other festivals and other festivals ask, you know, who, you know, what, who, what which filmmakers did you program? Which films were they look? They talk and they look at each other um, and they look at what's mm -hmm. who is programming what mm -hmm. and maybe they recommend 
uh, or another festival will see your film at their fest at another festival and they'll invite you to screen at their festival so and the other thing with local festivals is they generally um give out i've noticed they give out cash prizes sometimes more than like the bigger festivals do in some mm -hmm. cases um so you can then but use how? yeah you can then use that funding to submit to more festivals or just pocket it do whatever you want with it I guess, <laughs> but that's a strategy uh, as well. Like, right. <laughs> you know, submit to smaller local festivals that maybe maybe the competition isn't as fierce, um, and you have a better chance of receiving those prizes. Right. So then you know you're kind of a step up yeah. in terms of you know the quality and you can use that funding to submit to more festivals and or marketing. Um, one thing that. I think it was Claire Downs, one of our previous winners, said she really recommended um, making. We actually have a blog post coming out about this. It's uh, making a trailer for your short film, which is, I think, a great idea because one, it's another marketing asset you have for your short film. A lot of people will think, and I, I was included in this, like, why would I make a trailer for a film that's only like 10 minutes long? Like, just watch the, the film. It doesn't make sense. But, um, you know, a 30 second trailer or teaser or a minute trailer is a lot easier for someone to click and watch than a 10 minute film. And that'll get them to say, like, Oh, okay. Well, maybe this is really, really interesting. I like that. Maybe I'll watch the full one. But another thing you can do on film freeway, which is a big film festival submission platform, you can actually upload your trailer and you, right. can, you have to pay for it. Um, and yeah. it's less than a hundred us. Um, but you actually, they'll market your trailer to festivals and you get all of these invitations if they like your, uh, well, at, le at least she did. You know, wow. <laughs> I haven't done it yet, so I guess it depends on on the film. But she got yeah, all yeah, these yeah. invitations from <laughs> festivals um, asking her to submit her film to their festival, and some of them were kind of scammy. That's so and, you cool. Know, maybe, uh, not the best high tier festivals, but a lot of them sent waiver codes in, um, and you know, asked her to submit for free or at least at a discount, um, and she did, and she she got into a lot of festivals uh, right. that way. So that's something I'm going to do with my most recent film, The Toms. Uh, we're we're working on the trailer right now and I would definitely recommend that um as a strategy too cool wow that's awesome something that totally was not on my radar but sounds very yeah, worthwhile definitely, definitely is um so what advice do you have for our community of filmmakers um I, I guess I, I, I mean, I feel like I'm still so new mm. to this um, that that it feels uh, disingenuous to give advice. <laughs> but I think uh, my advice, you know, my my advice from the the very early on stages of this is is you know to uh, really be open to the creative process of working with and learning with other people and sort of finding that group of people that that you work well with right because this whole thing is is um, something that you all do together mm -hmm. and I can't imagine working with anyone who is like no this is my vision my way mm -hmm. or the highway at least not right. at this stage I mean you know if I get to to um, Steven Spielberg <laughs> <laughs> he can then do it his way right. for sure <laughs> um, yeah so just being open to everything you can learn from everybody else uh, who's who's also working in this business and um yeah cool. and then yeah definitely have fun. have fun that's one of the most important things if you're not having fun then why are we doing this right a lot of time and money um wasted for stress and misery which is part of the process i think some of the time maybe not misery but <laughs> it's definitely definitely gonna be stressful 
<laughs> yeah, you gotta, gotta remember to have fun too. Yeah. What are uh, yeah? I what agree. are some of your favorite things about the film fund? Um, you know, I've never uh, seen anything like the film fund. Um, it's just so accessible. And when I looked at it and I looked at the quality of, of the films that were made from what you guys have put out there, it was like, this is legit. Like these, these are people making good films. And uh, for so many people like myself who are starting out, it's really hard to get that mm. foot in the door. So I think the film fund is a tremendous asset for people to get their That's foot awesome. in the door. Thank you. It's the, the real feedback. deal. Yeah, it's, um, we're lucky to have some, <laughs> some amazing uh, members of our community and filmmakers who've produced their films through um, through the film fund using our funding. So it's, it's definitely um, something I am, am very passionate about and I'm, I'm, so awesome. I'm so glad we get to help out filmmakers and get their their projects made um how did you find out about us just curious i don't remember yeah um to be honest but i'll tell you like people okay. know about you like uh, all over the world people people know about you um because uh, when the announcement came out, I was getting messages, like congratulations messages from people I'd never met from really? literally oh God, everywhere so awesome. in the world. So, uh, on, was yeah. that on like stage 32 yeah. or like another <laughs> Very platform? Cool. How were these people contacting you? Uh, no, a lot of it was Twitter either Instagram. Twitter gotcha. or Instagram. Oh, that's awesome. That's so great to hear that our, our marketing is yeah. working. <laughs> As you can you can see, we're yes, uh, we're definitely, small <laughs> definitely is. currently sweating in my my bedroom apartment here because I just moved into a new apartment, haven't gotten the backdrop done, and our air, my air conditioning is broken. So <laughs> we uh, oh yeah, no, we, it's oh okay. God. But, um, I'm you know, sorry. We're not some huge corporate entity. Uh, you know, we're real people. We have um, you know a marketing team that works with us, but we're small, so it means a lot to. Uh, that, that people recognize, you know, what we're doing. And that's, that's so cool. Uh, so thank you for the kind words. Um, what would you say yeah, is uh, next for you in your journey? I know you said you're still figuring it out a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, a whole, whole bunch more writing, the, the one that I'm working on now, and I already know the one that I want to do next and, and um, have sort of the germ of the story idea. But I think, you know, the thing that I need to do, what I like to do is just sit and write and write and write, but I need mm -hmm. to work more on the business aspect of getting my other scripts, my other screenplays into contests. I don't know if I need to try and get an agent or a manager yeah. um, or, or, you know, I, I need to sort of force myself to do yeah. more of that, that marketing of what mm. I've created rather than just letting it sit well, on one my thing that reminds computer. Me of is, uh, so. How did you get the, we didn't really talk about the process too much unless we did and I'm blanking. I didn't have enough coffee yet today, but um, <laughs> if you listen to the podcast, it's something I say all the time, like, oh, I didn't have enough coffee yet. Um, but how did you get your script options? Was that through, um, like, did you send query letters out or what did that process look like? Yeah, no, that oh, was through right. stage that. Okay. 32. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you know, I, I, 
I guess that's another possible way for me to to look at um, the next script. I had another script that I I, um, I pitched. I, I was at a virtual film festival and I pitched the idea and the producer loved it. And this was a case of doing what we talked about before the opposite. So mm -hmm. I had the idea, but I hadn't written the script yet. And I, I pitched the idea and he loved it. And he's like, okay, send me the script. And I'm like, oh, I haven't written the yeah. script yet. Okay. <laughs> Four months later, I'm like, do you still remember did me? You, I you pitched reply? you that idea. <laughs> and oh, he's, that's great. So he did. Um, I, you know, my impression though is, is like, um, he liked it, but he's like yeah. doing other projects now. So he probably went to the, the film festival to hear pitches to mm -hmm. get his project that he's going right, to do right. now. So now he's doing one. So, um, yeah. you know, I think timing is everything with those things, but yeah, I need to practice my pitching skills too. I, uh, I did a great, uh, Great. I do that all the time. Compliment myself. I did a great uh, written pitch, right? I did a great written pitch at the um, Screencraft okay. Virtual Pitch Fest, um, and uh, and then like I made it to the the quarterfinals and then you had to do a oh, wow. video speaking pitch <laughs> and oh it sucked i knew it sucked like <laughs> I, I i'm not a salesman i'm not an actor um uh, i'm a writer so i can give you a great written pitch but it, um yeah so but i i realized like that's you know that's what you need to do in this business is be able to do a good verbal pitch as well so i probably need to work on that uh um, yeah that's this an aspect too. of the industry i think a lot of people struggle with you know because we're creatives um and especially writers in particular you know they're not used to really they're not actors like you said they're not presenting their work a lot of the time they're not speaking about it they're writing it you know so um yeah it's definitely definitely something yeah. uh that's i think worth practicing for sure because uh, it's important you know learning to talk about your work and learning to sell yourself uh, but that's awesome you got so far into the those further rounds in that uh that pitch fest that's you know definitely a great sign of things to come i think yeah definitely and i think as i'm learning and and writing films that are more fundable at this level it will also be mm. easier to pitch them right to to say look this is a movie with only seven characters right. in one location so that that becomes, yeah, becomes part of the producible. pitch right um so exactly well, well marissa yeah. i want to yeah. thank you so much again for taking the time to speak with us today uh, do you have uh social media channels we can check you out on I do, yeah. I am on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. Um, yeah, if you could, if do you, you want could me to send save the uh, links or send you? Yeah, can we can I put, send we'll you the put links them in the, the chat as, or the, the show notes um, as well. But if you could just say them now too, so if anyone's listening, they could just search it up real quick. Sure, definitely. <laughs> no <worries>. Glasses. <laughs> oh dear. Um, yeah, so, uh, oh my goodness. No worries at all. Yeah. You're going to well, edit this and cut we'll, out all we'll, the delays. We'll cut it out, maybe. <laughs> I'm the one editing it, so I might get lazy and just leave it in. But. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, so on Twitter, it's at Marissa Slavin. It's just my name. Uh, 
and uh, face Facebook is also it's just my my name Marissa Slavin uh, Instagram where do I see what my name is uh, I think that my username is also cool. just Marissa Slavin on Make Instagram so yeah basically yeah put <laughs> put in my name and you'll find me and uh i was gonna show you one cool thing but it's a show not a tell so i'll wait till okay. we're done with recording cool. um well we do we do have a video it, it says yeah. <laughs> the uh the internet <laughs> we're having a lot of technical problems today it says the internet quality is weak on your end so i can't actually see you right now but it is recording yeah. a video um locally on your computer that it'll upload it upload after so if you do want to show something um you know people watching the video version of the podcast will see it okay perfect i can't see it right now because of the technical difficulty but right yeah. <laughs> i'm gonna describe it with closed <laughs> caption for the visually impaired Sorry. all right so it was uh my birthday in january and my daughter, who I mentioned before, who's in film school, bought oh, me a slate. That's awesome. And I need a wrote... slate for uh, <laughs> Yeah, for she wrote podcast. on it. We always clap, uh, and I edit it out in the beginning, but you saw me clap. What did she write on it? I cut you off. Sorry. <laughs> I did. Yeah, that's okay. She wrote on it, a, a Man Walks Into a Bar, which is the name of the film. And, uh, yeah. The other appropriate scenes, roll and take and oh, whatever, awesome. whatever. So <laughs> awesome so present. I love that. Yeah. Made me feel yeah, so real you know, we, and authentic, about, right? Um, <laughs> kind of external validation sometimes. Sometimes you need it. You know, it's, it's I always like to say, I, I forget who said this, some filmmaker, maybe Kevin Smith. Kevin, well, Kevin Smith said to drop the word aspiring when you describe yourself as a filmmaker. Like you're not an aspiring filmmaker. You're a, you're yeah. a filmmaker. Um, right. Someone else said is like, you know, if you pick up a camera right. and you direct something, you're a director. But it it does help to like. Mm. I went to a film festival for the first time and I got a badge and it said filmmaker. I was like, I actually posted my Instagram if you stalk me and look back to like my early posts. Like, oh, I guess this is official. Like, it just makes you feel good getting those little things. Like your your daughter giving you a slate. Like, oh my god. Like that's such, right. That's such a thoughtful gift. Um, and that's external validation too. It's like, wow, other people in the world like value what I'm doing. They know it's important to me. Um, and that's just super cool. I love that. It's such a, uh, your video is back now, ironically, because <laughs> when you go to show me something, I can't see it. Um, <laughs> oh, there it is. Nice. Oh, nice. There that's you cool go. One. Now you can see it. Oh, it <laughs> cool. I, yeah. I have one in my car. That I yeah. And use for the podcast. Yeah. Um, I guess a little more legit in the, in our, our pre-roll, uh, but that's <laughs> awesome. So glad you got that gift. Um, I want to thank everyone for tuning into the podcast and i want to remind you that our summer 2022 narrative and documentary contests are now open so check us out at thefilmfund.co to submit your entry and check out our social media channels at the film fund on instagram facebook.com slash film fund co simply film fund on twitter and the film fund on linkedin if you want to get your corporate networking on which a lot of filmmakers don't i don't even know why we have a linkedin but we do uh <laughs> so check us out there and uh remember to check out the website <laughs> for the most up-to-date information check out our blog at blog.thefilmfund.co for great filmmaking and producing tips stay up to date on what's happening with us and the industry also sign up for our newsletter follow us on social media to stay up to date uh on everything we also have an ebook on our resources page 
it is the ultimate guide to pre-production. So if you have no idea what you're doing, you don't know how to schedule, you don't know how to budget, you don't know how to write a script, you don't know how to do anything. Uh, everything you need to know before you pick up the camera and go to set is in that book. So check that out. It's totally free. And I want to thank everyone again for listening or watching if you're listening or if you're watching the video feed. Uh, tune in. We release these episodes every other Friday. I know I've. if you listen to previous episodes, it's been every Friday and then every other Friday and then once a month. But we finally landed on every other Friday. So that's the schedule we're going to stick to. So check us out wherever you listen to podcasts or go to filmfun.co slash podcasts uh, to view or listen to our episodes. Marissa, that's all I got. Do you have anything else you'd like to add before we wrap up? No, thank you again so much, Tom, for having me. And thank you to my amazing team, crew, cast, everyone uh, who helped me make our short film. I couldn't have done it without them. And I obviously could not have done it without oh, you, Tom. You. Yeah, filmmaking is definitely a team sport, as they say. You need the, the tribe. So thank you, everybody, for tuning in. And we will talk to everyone soon.